Support for this podcast comes from AppCast. You may have heard of AppCast. They've been the global leader in programmatic job advertising for the last 10 years. But now, there's so much more. Following their acquisition of Bayard, they now offer a whole suite of recruitment marketing solutions. Still driven by their industry-leading tech, data-driven approach and world-class team of experts. Need to fill a funnel of qualified applicants? Head to appcast.io to learn more. That's appcast.io. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 578 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It does feel like 2024 could be the inflection point where we can push away the hype and start to see what impact AI is really going to have on talent acquisition. Continuing my end of year theme of trying to find the signal in all of the noise around generative AI, I wanted to get the perspective of a TA technology innovation practitioner to help us understand more about what 2024 might bring. My guest this week is Tom Chevalier, General Manager at AppCast Labs, a division of AppCast that focuses on innovation and creating the next generation of recruiting technology. Tom and his team are literally building part of the future, and unsurprisingly, he has some valuable insights and important advice to share. Hi, Tom, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Glad to be here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Please, could you introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Sure thing. Hey, everybody. Uh, My name is Tom Chevalier. Um, I work at a company called AppCast. uh, And um, for the last nine years, I have been a product part of the product organization for AppCast. So I led the product team from uh, when AppCast um, just had one media offering that we now call AppCast Accelerate. And now through to um, having a number of solutions to help large companies um, find candidates. And this year I've taken on a new role um, with a new initiative for AppCast that we call AppCast Labs. It's creating space to um, drive internal incubation, help solve some problems for similar companies that we've been serving these past eight, nine years, um, but on solutions around the peripheral of what has historically been our core business. So thinking about some new areas that we might be able to help create maybe a one plus one equals three opportunity. I live about an hour west of Boston in Stowe, Massachusetts, which is not the ski town of Stowe, Vermont. The only thing we have here uh, going on is uh, for about two, three weeks in the fall, people come to visit us for our apple orchards. Just before we kind of get into the detail of what we're going to talk about, tell us a little bit more about AppCast and particularly how the business has evolved this year. Yeah, happy to. Uh, and there's been a, a lot of change actually for us. And so our our history has been to help large companies advertise their jobs within the job board channel. So helping make their investment in job ads um, go further. We help large companies to do that and um, have been successful in now helping a couple thousand companies advertise their jobs. This year, though, um, we have been joined uh, together with um, the Bayard Ad Agency, which was acquired by AppCast mid-year, 2020-23. And um, the reason for that is the candidate journey has become complex. 
there are many different potential touch points that are in the the, the places where a candidate may find um, information about a company, information about jobs. And so that's happening not just in job boards, but it's happening on social sites. It's happening through search queries that people are, are doing. And so Bayard um, represents an opportunity for our business to um, gain the knowledge and expertise in advertising across those channels. And together, um, the vision for, for this company going forward is to help an employer advertise their, their job vacancies as well as their employer brand value proposition in this multi-channel way so that we can um, build the strongest ROI and help clients attract most qualified talent so that they can make um, all the hires that they need to. So it was about this time last year that generative AI burst onto the scene and it's dominated the the conversation ever since. Certainly for the first six months, the hype was off the scale. We were all going to be out of a job by June. Um, it was going to change everything very, 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 very quickly. Obviously, all of these kind of new innovations and technologies go through this sort of this hype cycle. How fast are we moving through the the AI hype cycle, and how can we expect it to develop in TA next year? Yeah, it's it's been an interesting year for those of us in technology for sure. And so the way I look at it. Um, it, it sort of starts this way. The, um, the adoption of chat GPT provided by OpenAI um, is the fastest technology adoption of anything that the world has seen. So they had 100 million users within the first two months, months after introducing the um, sort of the latest version. And, you know, some of the people who went to chat GPT and started to experience what it could be like to interact with this generative AI are consumers, but I believe for you know for a large part, it's technologists and people have been sort of dabbling. They've been playing a little bit, and this um, is now I believe you know in late 2023, we're maybe in already some like awkward teenage years. And what's been happening is you know technologists thinking about the problems that their clients are having, are sort of thinking through how they could adapt their historical value model and their software and have it be able to introduce this new form of generative AI. And some of it's like a little awkward. It's just not right yet. It's not situated maybe in, in the best way, but that's going to work itself out. My, my belief is that we're going to see it really work itself out in 2024. And the way that I think it will take form and what we can look out for is, um, is the bundling of this generative AI together with, um, you know, standard, you know, business software. So what I mean by that is, um, for example, you know, I carry around an iPhone and bundled into my iPhone are many other things beyond just my, the ability to speak on the phone. So, you know, I can turn on, you know, a flashlight, I can now take lots of pictures. And so as that bundling has happened, I tend to use those tools more often than I would have previously. If we look, just now towards software, um, you know, it is still rare and it's not part of most people's daily habit to go to a place like ChatGPT and interact with generative AI. But what is happening is the bundling in places that we do spend our time. So, you know, I spend, you know, probably 10, 20 minutes a day doing Google searches and I'm looking for new information and I'm looking for answers to questions. And it, you know, in the past has been, I would find, 
10 blue links. And I would click on a couple of those and that would be the way that I interact with Google. Well, now when I do a search, you may have seen many of you, if you're doing these searches, there's kind of a new salmon colored um, text area at the top and that is powered by AI. And so now I'm getting my answers, not in 10 blue links, but in paragraph form. And all of a sudden I'm using AI and I am using it every day. And this, I believe, is the type of um, trajectory that companies now serving TA practitioners that we'll see happening um, in 2024 as well. And it'll be meaningful because it'll be built into our daily habits. I I think that's really interesting. I've I've always felt that all the way through this year that the the real change is is yet to come when this technology is absorbed into the, the things that everyone's using in their everyday workflow. I think if you speak to any vendor in this space, they'll tell you that they're currently integrating AI into their into their product, or they've already got it in their product. So that there is a lot of marketing spin around all of this as well. Where do you think the most significant investments are being made, and, and what are the most interesting plays that are evolving? Yeah, it, it's a good question. And some of those um, announcements, the introduction of artificial intelligence, has been a little superficial, I would say. So we're still in this this awkward point. But looking forward, um, there's there's a few things that that I've seen that are interesting. One being in the ATS space, Workday. Um, announced as part of their Q3 earnings announcement back in uh, October, November, um, that they were going to create more space um, to um, to innovate and invest in artificial intelligence. And um, on that day, their stock price took a hit to the tune of about seven eight percent, which is a couple billion dollars in market cap um, decline. And they knew that they needed to to sort of take that hit in order to be able to prepare themselves for a future that they see coming. And so they're making a multi-billion dollar investment in artificial intelligence. And um, along just on the basically the same week at Workday Rising, um, they introduced their AI marketplace, which is an approach where they will partner with other companies who may be innovating within artificial intelligence. So they're not just sort of saying we're going to invest internally. They're also looking to a partnership model. And that just signals how important that this large kind of leader in the ATS space believes artificial intelligence will be. And that's an example. Now, on the other hand, um, and it's, it's similar, but I think it's sort of manifesting or coming to market slightly differently. In the CRM arena, you've got companies maybe like Jim, you have Eightfold, and you can't listen to you know, a demonstration from them without learning all about artificial intelligence. And they're doing that in a kind of, you know, they're, they're showing how it is already incorporated into their workflow. And, you know, the idea of a co-pilot um, tools within these software that are helping the users, you know, in that case, it's the recruiters to do their jobs um, more effectively, to do them more quickly. You know, they're doing that to set themselves apart from the legacy versions of CRM for sure. But they're also um, sort of moving our industry forward by sort of taking the leading edge and and pushing um, as hard as they can. So, you know, it's interesting. And those software players, they're technologists. um, It stands to reason that they would show first. And it's certainly happening in those categories without a doubt. Picking up on that theme of taking the industry forward. I, I think one of the other interesting things about the the, the AI hype fest this, this year is 
lots of speculation about what it might do and what the use cases might be, but very little detail about what problems it might solve for us, certainly in the in the short term. Where do you think it solves problems for, for TA? And and the flip side of that is what new problems might it cause as it becomes a, a bigger part of what everyone does? The co-pilots, I think, are a good place to start thinking about what problems can be solved or are being solved. There is so much that happens day to day, hour by hour in a recruiter's life that is mundane. There are things, you know, they're trying to craft response messages, trying to think about how to um, proactively source and who to proactively source for the next role that's put on their desk. There's a lot of things that um, aren't sort of about them talking with candidates and learning about how those candidates could be a fit within their organization. And so you can already see that um, side of of, um, the equation being automated. And the artificial intelligence tools provided by the CRMs like Jim and Eightfold they are, um, you know, just in, in an instant, you can have a well-crafted message to suit the, you know, the topic at hand. And that's going to help these, these people, you know, hopefully do more of what they want to be doing rather than the things that they have to be doing. It, also on the job seeker side, I, you know, I believe there's an opportunity um, to introduce more equality for just as an example, you know, there's a lot of people living here in the United States that aren't, um, you know, English isn't their first language. For those people, it can be hard to write, you know, a resume or introductory messages to an organization. Um, and with artificial intelligence, the, le- the playing field can be leveled. Um, those people will have beautifully crafted messages to introduce themselves and their capabilities. And so, you know, there's there are going to be good things that come from this wave in 2024. Now, on the other hand, um, you know, and I'll stay on the job seeker side for a moment. I believe that um, that that we are going to see more of what I'm calling half truths as recruiters and TA teams who are looking at the the sort of the applicants of uh, that are coming into our organizations. And the half truth is because, you know, job seekers will get help writing their resume. They'll get help writing cover letters. They'll get help, you know, writing the introductory messages. And that's based on the probability of words that should be placed next to one another. That's what that's what this kind of generative AI does. It, it you know, establishes patterns of what, you know, goes into, you know, different types of messages. And that doesn't mean that artificial intelligence knows me. It doesn't know my capabilities, nor whether I, you know, am able to do the, the things that a, you know, a product manager in my case should be able to do. So you're going to see more half-truths, things that are written down that seem to be the case, but may not be the case and need to be maybe more deeply vetted. Um, and so that leads back to the employer side. As an employer, how do you react to something like that? Um, do you have systems that can maybe help with screening, with follow-ups that could assess the understanding and the level of competency that the individual has with the role that should be done? And so it'll be kind of like a, you know, a, a give and take or an ebb and flow. There will be sort of the need to have technology on each side that can react 
to this adaptive playing field. And that's, you know, that is going to be a challenge. If you don't have the tools to do that, it, it you know, may be a frustrating process to look through the increasing volume of applications because it will be easier to apply as well. No, absolutely. I was, uh, I was actually, I did a webinar with some TA people yesterday, and that was that was already being cited as a as, as a problem in terms of sort of the increase of applications that are coming in. Difficult enough to say what's going to happen next year, but probably impossible to say what's going to happen in sort of three to five years, the sort of medium to, to long term. What are your thoughts on that, though? Do you do, what do you think might happen? What do you hope might happen? Do you have any thoughts on on what the next stage after after this one is, is likely to be? Oof, this is a big question. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, you know, I, even in a lab, I can't say that the crystal ball is uh, all revealing. But something that I'm interested in, something that I could look forward to, um, to, to seeing is I believe we're going to find a totally new way of doing contingent staffing for the, the sort of hiring of historically difficult to, um, to find people. You haven't been able to find them with job advertising, but that sort of white collar worker where organizations may be going to a staffing um, provider for right now. That is going to get disrupted because if we think about what is happening, it's a communication um, value proposition. Messages to, to sort of see if people are thinking about a new role, messages to try to um, introduce them to the pros of that role once you find them. And then on the employer side, sort of learning what the employer is really looking for, what types of things you know set, set a candidate apart. That can now all be done most of it can be done with artificial intelligence. And if it can't today, it's where we're going. And so I would certainly expect to see some disruption, um, a, a new either category or a new business model um, that is very different from you know the 15% placement fee that we see today. There's, there's going to be something better there. Um, but that's just building upon what we see already happening in like the CRM with Copilot it's helping at a at a small scale, but if you look at it as a disruptive opportunity, something is going to happen there that'll be interesting. Final question: What's the effect going to be on TA teams, TA leaders, recruiters? I mean, it's clear that lots of change and transformation is is coming. What would you say to the people listening in terms of the sort of the future of their careers? So, I, I think I would start with. Um, just recognizing that it can feel kind of scary. Like people, none of us like change all that much. We like to do the things that we've, you know, that we know how to do. But I would just say that to kind of embrace this wave of change and take the opportunity if vendors are providing you with pilots or beta opportunities to try some of this new technology, especially in the, um, the area that I'll call the co-pilot the um, getting some help with your day-to-day -day job to make you do less of the mundane and more of the things that you find really, you know, exciting or um, fulfilling about your job. And, you know, I'm saying that um, because if you don't, or if we don't, there's going to be some other organization that does embrace it. And it's an efficiency. It, it certainly creates the ability to get more done in a day. And with that, you know, what I think if, if a lot of our TA teams are able to do more in their day or recruiters can do more in their day, it's going to be a question for the managers and the strategic leaders, you know, what to do with that efficiency. You know, on one hand, there's the fear that, you know, it will lead to sort of like 
um, layoffs of people within the TA profession. But maybe that's a cost-cutting measure, and maybe that's the direction that some companies will go. The alternative is to think that you know the the candidate experience can be elevated by people who are no longer spending their day doing the mundane and they're doing those things about building the relationship, talking about the reasons why, you know, as an employer, you're a great place to work and really helping to establish a fit with the candidate. So you could see, um, I think there'll be companies that will separate themselves and distinguish themselves to candidates by not looking at this as, as a cost cutting opportunity, but as a value adding opportunity. And with that in mind, I think we all would like to do that for our clients or for our, you know, for the organizations that we work for. And so just look for opportunities where you can be um, the, the, you know, the voice that can bring that, um, that opportunity to your organization and to talk about it and how you want to, you know, you want to react. Um, that's something that I would spend some time doing. Um, I certainly do that in my, my own job. You know, what are the things that I could be doing more efficiently so that I can do more of like the high value product management um, tasks, talking with, with um, prospective clients. That's, that's something that I sometimes don't find as much time as I need to do. And so if I can clear off a little from my, my desk, I have that chance and that'll help me make a better um, product for our customers. Tom, thank you very much for talking to me. Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. My thanks to Tom. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to our monthly newsletter, Recruiting Future Feast, and get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.